Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Oedipus, the podcast where we explore the culture of beer. And I'm your host, Danny Walker. For new listeners, an extra special welcome and thanks for tuning in. You can head over to our website and there you will find all previous episodes of the podcast and also guest mixes from our resident DJs, which are recorded live in the tap room. The address is oedipus.com forward slash radio. The podcast is also available by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. On to today's show, I was joined by Sander Nadevane, co-founder and head brewer of Oedipus, and our guest was James Watts, who is a local home brewer, known amongst the beer scene as James Brews. James is a proud New Yorker who found his way to the Netherlands 20 years ago and then discovered home brewing. Still only a big hobby of his, we discuss balancing that in everyday life, how he got into home brewing, some of his funky brews, and some of his other interests. There's the beer review, the quiz, and what's in the fridge with Ace Stone, a beer psychologist, and all that on today's episode of Radio Oedipus. Uh, Sunday Nadevane, how are you doing? Pretty good, yes. Good. And James Ruse, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Good. Last day of summer. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. What was the last beer you drank, James? <laughs> oh, apart, <laughs> apart, from the beer, apart from the beer you got right in front of you. Um, let me think... Yesterday, did I have any beers? Um, I had some beer this morning when I was when I was actually uh, bottling these of, but that's my home brew. Yeah, okay. So I'm thinking the last beer that I actually had was probably a Kroosh. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Oh, just so everyone knows, we're recording on a Monday, so maybe James's head is a bit uh, foggy after a weekend yeah, full I'm of beers. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Actually, no, no. You know what? That's absolutely. Right. I, had, I had a beer. Uh, I had Alt beer. Boom. At uh, at uh, Rick's new place. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. Becker. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right there. This yeah. weekend. Yeah, I was there yeah. on um, Friday. So are you there Friday? Yeah, or Friday. Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great spot, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. And I today, was just too late for the alt Friday. Uh, I ran in, but I had uh, a pint of it. it. He was selling pints of it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so like, inappropriate, right? They were like, exactly. They're like, do you want like the normal size? I'm like, I can have a pint of it. They're like, sure. I'm like, oh my god, they would kill me if I was in Dusseldorf drinking a pint of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I mentioned, we're gonna uh, chat to you about home brewing today when we get onto it. Fantastic. Uh, what does a day in the life of a home brewer look like? Um, on a particular day, a homebrew day? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, over the last couple of years, it's changed drastically due to having children. So I generally uh, wake up around like six, no later than six, start putting on my, uh, my, my boiled water to do the mash. Then I mash, you know, for like an hour, hour and a half to get a proper attenuation. Then, um, then I start to boil. Start adding the hops, and then yeah. uh, usually I'm done with my brew day like around one, cleaning start to finish to like around one one thirty ish in the afternoon. Then I can enjoy the rest of my day. Okay. Wow! Yeah. So it's really so you start earlier I than start, uh, our brew. Yeah, I mean, cause <laughs> yeah. In life, bro. You know, before you know, it was like yeah, I'd start whenever I wanted to, but then it was like okay, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. So yeah, it was uh, start to brew day early to have beer. Yeah, and manage the kids exactly, <laughs> and rather early early than late. Yeah, preferably because yeah. it's uh, for me personally, I have a lot more energy to do over the, over in the morning time. Okay, so uh, then we can arrange with my missus. She can take the boys to school. I can continue doing all that, and then I can usually be done by the time they're done with school. Cool. You know, like I said, I usually pick them up around quarter to two in the afternoon. So one thirty, so I'm wiped out, but I'm like, okay, just 
picked him up and get him home. <laughs> and how does the missus feel about the home brewing? Oh, oh, oh. She's very, very understandable. Big shout out to Yos. <laughs> um, she's actually one of the people who actually kind of pushed me in the direction of brewing beer. Okay. But uh, she's very understandable, very uh, loving and tolerant. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start the show as we always do and talk about a beer. Uh, Sandra, if you wouldn't mind uh, cracking it open. Yeah, uh, I have the bottle uh, open over here. And let's get some glasses. Huh? Yeah, you have a tasting glass in front of you. And here's another one. And here's mine. So yeah, the uh, beer I brought to the table is the Crab and the Monkey. Uh, beer de Coupage uh, from Cromaharing. The uh, Utrecht. Oh, no sound effects this time. <laughs> no sound effects. Only one bottle today. One big bottle. But yeah, Cromaharing, uh, Utrecht, brew pub. Uh, modern craft beer brewery um, yeah we've uh, it's been a while we, a lot of people have been saying we should chat about them on the show and I, I've just been a while it's took me a while to get their beer on the show and then they've just released this which is is Jan still working there? Jan is still working okay. there yeah still brewing there uh, and this is I bought this uh, about a month or so ago as a part of their funky mix packs it was this one then there's also a Brett Sour I think and another Sour ale. I can't remember which one it was. Not totally finished, but three proper glasses. Sure. Go, Danny. Thank you, kind sir. Go, James. Okay. Yeah. Here so, bit coupage. That's <clears throat> yeah, not right up your alley, is <laughs> exactly. it? No, no yeah. really. Like, okay. All of a sudden, I had like this little explosion of water underneath my tongues before I'm smelling it. It's um. Sour beers are definitely not my forte. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of how I like it on the show. If you're a bit in your uh, like uncomfort zone or uncomfortable yeah. zone, let's say, or take you out your comfort zone, yeah. I'm okay with that because we don't want to just be totally uh, like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear your opinion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, let me put some general remarks about this beer. It's very effervescent, lots of CO2, like saison should be. Packaged in a 75 mil bottle, like a saison should be. 6.9%, uh, uh, maybe a bit on the high side, but for sort of keeping beer that spend time in barrels, I think it's very uh, appropriate. They list all their ingredients on the ingredients list. So a lot of different malt varieties, different grains like rye, wheat, oats, apart from also smoked pills and Münchner uh, barley varieties. Some Harta Blanc hops, HBC 682, which is a new hop variety. And then, of course, this beer is about uh, the fermentation and all the yeasts. Mm -hmm. They have uh, they list uh, a saison blend that they use in their beer. Uh, so it's a blend of their strong saison, saison fort, uh, and a saison that matured for over a year in two of our funky house barrels. So, okay. yeah. Uh, so it's a blend. I think Bière de Coupage is about uh, cutting beer. That's literally what it means yeah. in French, uh, a cut beer yeah. or a blended beer in that sense. So they, I'm not sure exactly what the ratio is, uh, but there, it's a blend of young and old beer. Right, and right, right. Uh, in that ah, sense okay. also, maybe a bit like Lambic, uh, you know, where also different ages of spontaneously fermented beer are blended into something Younger that version. has some, or gets some youth from right, the young right. beer yeah, and yeah. some more character from the old beer. I think this one does it too. We also actually released a few uh, at Oedipus, um, which maybe have some, uh, if I smell this, it smells sort of familiar, <laughs> I guess. I think ours is a bit lighter, but 
What I get from this is mostly a bit of oak. Uh, it so, smells like uh, wine, wine to me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it has this wine barrel that's yeah. definitely yeah. in there and definitely in the aroma. Almost like a Chardonnay. I mean Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> now, and a bit, that's what I like, but uh, maybe it sounds a bit strange, but a bit of this dusty, dusty cellar aroma, which I can really appreciate in mixed fermentation beers. It's been some time in a barrel and... And and a lot of citrus notes. Uh, yeah. I think that's the the main stuff I get from the aroma. Citrusy, really lemon. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this wine barrel and this, yeah, base of bit dusty, but that makes it I think very interesting. No um, mm. sip. Oh, yeah, it is sour. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not actually thinking it's too over sour. I mean, like I've had some some beers that are just from the nose initially. Uh, the initial, like I said, that burst under my tongue of like, oh, here we go. Oh, you yeah? Know, yeah, but no. You already no, have it from the aroma. Just from the yeah. aroma, oh, yeah. yeah, alone. But the taste is not as overwhelming as I've had some sour beers that were like, yeah. oh. <laughs> mm. Do you get a bit of a psychological reaction when, mm. it, when someone cracks a, a sour beer open? Yeah, yeah that's not my thing at all. <laughs> I mean, no generally, I've found recently with beer festivals, which haven't happened unfortunately this year, that uh, they, I do find them as a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, you know, I'm drinking a bunch of hoppy beers and big beers, and then I have like a nice taster glass, mm. but I couldn't do a whole evening of it. No. It just destroys my stomach. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I recognize that as well, and it, it can be sometimes yeah so tart that yeah. it's just. Uh, not, it's not for me personally. I mean, there's tons of people out there that do enjoy sour beers, but to me, it's just not refreshing. I mean, beer to me when I first started drinking beer it was just like, wow, this is a hot day, refreshing. But there's tons of people in Belgium who enjoy these, and also throughout the world who enjoy this type of beer on a hot day. Mm. Where for me, it's like I want liters of glug, 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 glug yeah, beer. <laughs> but yeah. I think actually for me, this wouldn't do as this ideal thirst quencher. I yeah. think it's a bit too complex, a bit too oaky, a yeah. bit more of a sipping beer, also okay. the ABV, but Berliner Weiss or something yeah. like that, yeah. that can do that. Yeah, yeah. Binds yeah. and binds and binds. Yeah. Yeah. But I also remember <clears throat> years and years ago, I think before I really got into craft beer, that also I couldn't drink, I remember having a couple of nights where I just drank wine all night and, Oof, I, and yeah. also my stomach couldn't handle exactly, it. Also yeah. the acidity, mm. I yeah. think, at some point I had to drink a beer to yeah. <laughs> neutralize <laughs> my tummy. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I got used to it. And yeah. especially I can drink Lambic from okay. uh, uh, yeah, day in, day out or from re- literally yeah, early yeah. morning to uh, whenever. All right. Um, yeah, so the acidity is not... And yeah, then... In the sour beer category, there are so many different styles, of and course. some are way more complex, like right. this, and and therefore is not. This is not uh, what I would drink from a pint. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, exactly. uh, but yeah, I don't know. I learned also to, or my body <laughs> yeah, adapted, yeah. Just adapted to the flavors, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and acidity. Yeah. But, well, I really also know <clears throat> people that. Yeah, I have the same kind of rea- yeah. reaction that you mentioned, but from yeah. the first sip. Like, yeah, yeah. Or, slime, or they get really tears in yeah, their yeah, eyes. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, mean, I do enjoy sour. sour things. I do enjoy lemons, you know, uh, sour fruits, you know, in general. But it's just something about this, like, uh, for instance, uh, I don't drink coffee. I haven't drink coffee in almost 27 years wow. because of the acidity. Never had a night of uh-huh. drinking. And my missus is making coffee when I come downstairs. My stomach literally goes into <clears> a knot. <throat> So uh, orange juice also is just uh, vinegars. I tend to stay away from these things. I think it's because my blood type is O. 
So okay. I, I do produce a lot of a lot of acidity already within my stomach. Okay. So by adding another layer of acidity on top of that is just overwhelming. You become a really sour guy, and we don't want that, do we? <laughs> Me? It's <laughs> not possible. But it's also pretty balanced. I know you said it's pretty complex. Yeah. But it's, yeah, there's uh, a lot going on. I can smell on this uh, for ages. There are a lot of different. I get more stone fruit now, also more peach, kind of apricot uh, like flavors. Apricot, uh, definitely. No, I'm, I'm, I, I like this one, but like I said, this is this is the size I could do, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, good thing I didn't bring a bottle each then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really good beer. I think I had this before, but I uh, appreciate this better now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's uh, been aged a bit longer. But uh, anything about the Kromaharing? Is this um, not necessarily just known for their blended beers, but they do do a lot of their funky fermented stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, maybe they're a bit of. Two directions of what they do. One is focused more on hoppy stuff. Yeah. They really also make a point in uh, producing all these uh, hazy double IP New England double IPAs and releasing different versions of uh, the Barbarian. Whatever, I'm not sure what it's called, but they, yeah, <clears throat> I think they have a core lineup uh, of more hoppy beers. And then I think uh, a big part of what they do is also more fermentation focused, like uh, also smoke beers yeah. with. Uh, saison yeast or, or uh, mixed cultures and I think that's also maybe uh, a bit Jan's hand in, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a really small brewery in Utrecht uh, only a few people work there only a few brewers mm, and I think right. um, yeah, Stephen was also uh, often in the first uh, oh, kimchi really? festivals yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. And, I remember um, we did a couple of festivals together yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and uh, he um I think he, he used to work as a microbiologist, so he knows yeast and fermentation. Always had these uh, ideas of when he would start his own folks on fermentation, and right. I think he's combining that now with his preference Love of drinking hoppy <laughs> beers. But I really remember also this was uh, at these festivals that he had the the, the Trois uh, yeah. IPAs, yeah, so yeah, he yeah, fermented yeah. IPAs, hoppy beers with a Brettanomyces yeast that yeah. could produce these very fruit-forward flavors. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, somebody discovered that this yeast was actually not a bread, but a Saccharomyces a couple of years ago. Okay. But he's still, I think, on that path of, uh, yeah. of looking into how can you ferment a clean beer, a very hoppy beer with a clean yeast, but still produce these fruity flavors. Mm. And I think Jan is taking it more into this direction with different saison strains and uh, more funky beers. <clears throat> yeah, and they also have the Funk Fest as well, which is worth a yeah. shout out as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So if you're yeah, in the... it's a nice place. I uh, I like Never it a lot. Been, Great brew pub. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. and uh, nice space outside, but also inside. Some food uh, from the neighbors, or some snacks yeah. at the bar. Uh, I need to check it out. I've not been uh, down here yet, unfortunately. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Shout out to Chroma Haring. Check them yeah. out if you're in Utrecht. Dave Young. <laughs> Those guys. Keep it real. <laughs> Keep it real. You tricked. All right. Well, let's uh, talk a little to our guest, James. Hello. So, James, you're a passionate New Yorker. Yep. I don't want to generalize you with the rest of the state. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> However, you have been here in the Netherlands for 20 years now. This is correct. Uh, what beers were around when you first started drinking back in the US? Ooh. <laughs> wow. Uh, Milwaukee's Beast. It was actually okay. Milwaukee's Best, which is a... Uh, Horrible. Uh, <laughs> what else? We had a uh, Bud Light, of course, Budweiser. Yeah, we know those Keystone. ones. Keystone. 
Oof, yeah, I can, this can go on. I was even thinking about it today. How I think I had my first Champagne. Okay. Which was uh, a beer uh, marketed towards the black community. It was with malt liquor, you know, like like 40 ounces of like Colt 45. Uh, we actually had Red and Blue Bull, which is also a malt liquor. Yeah. Before Red Bull became an energy drink. Okay. And these were horrible beers. But, you know. But all lagers. Well, we drank them, um, yeah. Yeah, they were all lagers. And I think the malt liquors were like fortified even. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. These were like American lagers. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's where we got to start, you know. Yeah. yeah. Would any of those beers that you would still reach for now? Hells no. <laughs> I mean, once again, like I said, we'll have a gross every now and again. Yeah. But those beers, no, maybe for nostalgics. I think I was in um, in Rotterdam like a year or two ago at a steakhouse. Mm. And they had wine. Same thing with wine for my stomach, not a big thing. So they had only one beer and they had Budweiser. Wow. Like, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just, you know, why not try it? And this is when I was already into beer. And it was just like, this is just carbonated water with a little bit of a yellow color into it, but yeah. I always think it's really sweet, Budweiser. Yeah. What's it. corn? I mean, no, they use corn or are they use rice? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, both. Yeah, probably both. One of each. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what What does drinking a good beer mean to you? How does it make you feel? Enjoyment, relaxation? Yeah, it's uh, five, ten minutes of just pleasure, you know. It depends also the environment. I mean, you know, I try not to rush it. Obviously, the first one after work, after a long day, it can go down a little quicker than uh, the second one, but it's, uh, yeah, it's that that moment in time. People have asked me multiple times, what is your favorite beer? It's the one I'm drinking right now. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you first start homebrewing? Um, big shout out once again to my missus again. Uh, we're sitting on the couch one day and she was like, what would you like to do to make money? And I'm like, oh, still, you know. Hang out, do bong hits, you know. <laughs> you know, she was, she was like, "Well, uh, yeah, okay." She's like, "But you like beer, don't you?" I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, I love beer." So she's like, "How about brewing beer?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I don't know." So I did kind of a half-assed uh, approach, looking at some research on brewing beer. But where was this? Uh, here in Netherlands. But when? Uh, two into two thousand eight. Okay, into two thousand eight because this is my coming to my eleventh year of brewing. <laughs> so two thousand eight, early two thousand nine ish. So I kind of did like a half-assed approach of looking at it, and I was looking at all these um, massive installations in Germany. And uh, yeah, I was like, I live in an Amsterdam apartment. I can't fit that in there. You know, so I just kind of, you know, fizzled out. And then a couple of months later, I talked to a good friend of mine in Seattle, and um, he goes, guess what I started doing like three months ago? I'm like, what? He goes, I started brewing beer. And I'm like, dude, I was thinking about doing the same thing. But everything I'm looking at are these massive things. He goes, dude, you can find smaller stuff. So I did a little deeper dive into it, and then I, I found uh, uh, Rob Gelder on the Van Wallstraat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, like a half a year later, he moved to Almira. Yeah. And then that was uh, the slippery slope, the beginning of it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you went past there uh, yeah. when they still sold brewing equipment yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I went there. We did some deliveries from Almira there that you could pick it up. Yeah, exactly. stopped doing that. Exactly. You could call him because yeah. he got too busy. You could call him, tell him what you need, and then they would bring it from Almira to uh, the, the uh, Van Wouwstraat. Yeah. When uh, did you two first cross paths then? Beer Temple. <laughs> yeah, Beer yeah. Temple. <laughs> yeah, that's where I met all these guys. Yeah. Drinking beer. Getting drunk, having great times. Yeah, often with a uh, with a crew, right? Often with the same people, wasn't it? Or uh, usually, I was always by myself. But oh, then, yeah? I, but then I ran it. Then I met you. I met Rick. But uh, also uh, Morris. Didn't you hang out? No, often I now? hung out with Morris, but he he came occasionally with me to uh, the beer temple. 
Yeah. And for me, it was like usually the beer temple was like directly after work. Yeah. So I would come by, have a yeah. couple of beers. And Indeed. sometimes people would come and meet me there. But generally, it was just me coming in there, just, you know. I know. I have this image of you and maybe two other guys sitting in the back of, uh, in one of these booths back in the days. And There's just uh, spending like really nights there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, you know? That was definitely a big possibility. The long session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely probably uh, um, a Martin uh, Brew Tesla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hanging out there with me. Those were probably definitely like weekends. Yeah. You know, but like yeah, generally yeah. during the week when I got off of work, yeah. it was just like, oh, I need a beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, three <laughs> times. <laughs> so James, if home brewing can be done by everyone and anyone, what makes a good beer to you? Hmm. Um, interesting question. I guess the approach to the the process, you know, if um, what, what you want out of it, you know, um, the flavors that you want to come out of that beer – um, and hopefully trying to target them and, and and lock them down and make them your own. Yeah. Yeah. Is it as easy as it comes like that? Or is um, it a lot of trial and error? It is always a lot of trial and error for sure. I think for some people a little bit more than others. Um, I love cooking. Yeah. So for me, this was an extension of cooking, except for when I cook, I'm tasting constantly to, you know, put different seasonings and different things in the, in the process. And usually within 45 minutes to an hour, I have a meal. But with brewing, like I said, it's a you know, six, seven hour, eight, you know, six, seven hour brew day, mm-hmm. you taste it from the beginning, it's gonna be vastly different than what it tastes like in you know three weeks after it's can finish fermentated out, and then another week or two of carbonation. You know, so you have to learn a bit of patience. Yeah, no, I, that's the thing. I uh, I've always been a patient person, but once brewing, once I started brewing, it pushed it up to a whole nother level. <laughs> And what were those first brews like that you did? Horrific. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to, I didn't know where to start. I, I, just like I said, this was uh, early 2009. There was nobody that I knew that was brewing. Mm-hmm. So um, I had some old books. Um, I got some information at the Braumart. And I basically started out with just the uh, the Coopers. Cooper's uh, dry the liquid extract, you know, mm-hmm. and with the yeast, add sugar. It was just, yeah, it was for me. I think it was just the process that was actually producing beer was just super exciting, you know. But um, I eventually uh, hooked up with this one kid, and he, he came by my work when he was talking to me, and I was just like, I was reading on the laptop about the whole process of brewing. And he, uh, what are you reading? And I just didn't want to really get into the conversation because I was really into what I was reading about. I was like, yeah, it's the process of actually breaking down isomatic sugars in a grain and then uh, getting it edible for yeast. And he's like, oh, you're talking about making beer. And I was like, oh, my God, it's another human being talking to me about brewing beer. So uh, he and I hit it off immediately. He's a guy from um, um, San Francisco, but he was living here at the time. And uh, I said, we need to brew. And he goes, yeah, man, I brew with this guy from Chicago. Come by, we'll brew at some point. So we had a brew session. And I think at this point, I'd already been brewing for maybe like a year. So we brought some beers together. Actually, we brought some beers initially together to some bar. And we told him, hey, listen, we're all home brewers. And uh, we're going to buy beer here, but we're going to also drink our beer. Is that okay? They're like, cool, no problem. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I taste their beers, and I was blown away, you know, because they were actually using they – were, they were doing partial mash. Mm-hmm. So they were using malt. They were using hops. You know, I was just – you know, I was using all this stuff that I was getting, this pre-hopped malt, you know. And uh, okay. I knew I could make better beer because I enjoyed beer prior to this. But it was just that whole – I needed something to push me over to that, that line. Yeah. And then after that, it just went crazy. 
<laughs> so, so I guess it's when you're figuring it out, it's all about that sharing and learning from other people, would you say? For sure. Definitely the homebrew community. It's all about sharing information, um, sharing techniques. It's all out there. You know, people are very uh, forthcoming with their processes. Mm. What was the best piece of advice you were given when homebrewing? Um, hmm, that's also a good question. Um, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess enjoy it. You know? Relax. Yeah, relax. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a homebrew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I met Jamil Janusef, uh two years ago oh, yeah. at the Beer Temple. Oh, no. It was super cool. Man. I uh, came in on a Saturday, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was there with the heretic, 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 yeah. yeah I was there yeah. on a Saturday, I think it was, or Sunday, and I saw all the, you know, it was a tap takeover. I just yeah. saw one, two, three, I was like, oh my God, all these heretic beers are here. And then all of a sudden I talked to Dana when she was working there, and she was just like, Yeah, he was here yesterday. I'm like, no. <laughs> she was like, Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, he's still around for a bit. Uh this guy's Emil Janusov, like the amazing, oh, he's an awesome brewer, awesome guy. And wrote a couple of books about home yeah. brewing. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. And started okay, cool. his own brewery after that. Yeah. So he's oh, just nice. this uh, iconic awesome. figure. Yeah. Oh, so like a bit of a home brewer. Uh, uh, yeah, he's home brewer. Guru. God, dude. This guy oh, really? He's awesome. <laughs> and uh, she was like, hey, listen, yeah, if he's around, give me your number and I'll, I'll SMS you if he shows back up. I'm like, all right, cool. I was having a horrible, horrible day. And all of a sudden, I get a what's SMS from her going, "Hey, he's he's here now. He's gonna wait around for like an hour." It's like, yeah. "Yo, shit, dude!" I ran home, put on my uh, Bruce Strong T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it's a great podcast he's on. <laughs> and uh, I ran there, and all of a sudden, it was just like hanging out with an old friend. It was so cool. Had like, you met him before? No, no, man, so, no. Okay. I mean, I've heard him for hundreds of hours on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we drank beer. We talked about politics. We talked about relationships. It was just like I said, it was like me hanging out with an old friend. You know, I haven't seen in a while. Mm. So it was super cool. That's pretty special yeah but since those first brews you've done some pretty wacky brews since so you were at the home brewers festival yeah for quite a couple of years running i think yeah yeah you did the from yo the kimchi from back yeah in the from day. Even back in the woo, kimchi woo, festival woo. days the first ones right already yeah, or, yeah. So the, we were at the very, remember the winter one yeah <laughs> the drunk fest <laughs> <laughs> nobody showed up and yeah. only brewers drinking there oh, heavy heavy yeah. high alcoholic beers oh. Yeah, it was raining and sleet, snow. Yeah, there was snow. Yeah, it was like yeah, a little it was bit of really snow. wet and cold and windy. Yeah. But horrible. everybody had like 10%, you know, Russian Imperial Stouts. And, you know. That warmed their, uh, warmed their cockles up a little bit. <laughs> oh, that was a good time. But what's special about homebrewing to you? Is it, is it that freedom to brew whatever you like? Very much that. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I don't like necessarily to be locked down to do one particular thing over and over and over and over again. Mm. So that's why I'm always happy when I get invited to these homebrew festivals, because then I get to spread my wings and also do experimental brews to see how they come out. But you have some recurring beers as well, right? I do. I do my uh, my James Brown ale. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's my my, my flagship. Right. Uh, yeah, it's um, I grew up in the states. Also, when I got over the uh, the horrible American beers. You know, it, hanging out with people from England, I got introduced to Newkey Brown, you know, Newcastle Brown Ale. Oh, yeah. Which is a great beer, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Americans have their version of it. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I can work with something, you know, make a nice little hoppier, hop bomb brown mm. beer. Mm. So, But what's, I'm just trying to think, because you mentioned at the top of the show that you're... Uh your missus asked you what you would like to go into yeah so as the passion grew you never thought you could become a professional brewer or anything 
Um, no, I think uh, that ship had sailed for me at that particular time. Uh, once again, I did enjoy the freedom. My job is really good. I get paid well in my job, mm-hmm. but it was also, I had my first child, you mm-hmm. know? So he was born in 2010. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, yeah, to leave that. And also listening to a lot of these podcasts, you know, Jamil, I mean, J- you know, Jamil is obviously a, an exception, but you know, it was like, yeah, to go for the passion was one thing, but you know, you can't eat passion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you saw all those local boys struggling, uh, getting their brewery up and running. Yeah, you know that, that wasn't really a nice. I was uh, super, super supportive. That was awesome that you guys were doing it. You know, but you guys were like what in your like twenties at the time. You know, late twenties, early thirties. So, yeah, you know, you guys were chewing nails and pissing vinegar. You know, <laughs> uh, I was. Yeah, I think that helped us a lot of getting course, uh, getting course, it up and running. Know, yeah, uh, we're in this moment. Yeah, so I mean, it was like that perfect uh, moment in time. Yeah. If I was you guys' age at that particular time, for sure, I would have hopped on that That also. Just go for it, you know? But it was just like, uh, I got this income coming in. I got another little mouth to feed. It was kind of like, yeah, I don't want to screw that up. Yeah. I guess it's been a beer's been able to stay in a good place for you then, like in a, something that's rewarding exactly. uh, because it's, it's a hobby. It's not work, yeah. But you've still been able to attend some pretty good beer festivals oh as well, God, right? Are you kidding me, dude? Guys, <laughs> yeah. guys, dude? At one point, what was it, two years ago, International Otifus Beer Festival, I'm like the home brewer pouring beers next to a flying dog, you know? <laughs> Brew dog was there. Who else? Uh, uh, Great Leaf from China, you know? Uh, it was just like, I can't believe I'm standing here amongst these like homebrewing gi- or some beer giants, yeah. you know, pouring my little, you know, beer. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, but you ran out, right? You, yes, uh, yes, yeah, fortunately, always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fortunately, knock on wood. I have, uh, I think, out of the whole all those festivals I've done, I think only one time I've come home with like, like two like half kegs. For the rest, everything just flies out. Yeah, and it, you, you've been in more events, or you shared beer also in other places than just our festivals, right? Yeah, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Definitely. I've done a, another one I've done is was the Wild West Brew Fest. Oh, yeah. Shout out to El Jefe. Oh, yeah. yeah I think I've seen you there yeah. in that one. That's also a great beer festival. Wrestling also, live wrestling. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what else? Man, I'm drawing a blank. But I've done other little yeah. little events here and there. Locally. Yeah. Mm. Only local. The only yeah. local. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't travel. Have beer, won't travel. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break from our conversation with Sander and James to speak with Asa Stone. Asa studies and teaches beer and psychology and also climate change in beer production at the University of New Mexico. I spoke with her over Zoom. The conversation was somewhat interrupted by some construction happening in her apartment building, but we managed to have a short chat about her work and what's in her fridge. So here it is. So how are you? How's uh, things going for you? Considering all the circumstances, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well. So yeah, maybe you should tell me a little bit about what you do. I know we have a small introduction, but I'm keen to know more. Right. So I'm a Japanese expat, currently living in New Mexico as a beer scholar. So currently I do research on equity issues in the beer industry. And especially uh, coming from social scientific lens. I also teach a community college here. And I teach anywhere from psychology to statistics to sustainability to beer and brewing. That's interesting. So you study climate change in lambic production. And for a beer making tradition that relies so heavily on its climate, which makes it so unique, that beer making process. What is 
happening at the moment and what has currently changed? Okay, so what is happening is that for lumbic uh, production, it requires specific range of temperature from the time that it's brewed to the night temperature. And that temperature range has been changing. And for that reason, the duration of the time that lumbic producers can produce the lumbic is significantly shrinking over the past uh, 100 years. And another part of your studies is also beer and psychology, you mentioned, right? So in layman's terms, in short, to most people, beer might equal relaxation, right? What have you learned in your studies and what more can you tell us about that? Sure. So in a nutshell, psychology is a scientific study of the way we think and the way we act. So beer psychology is basically a framework to understand how a beer experience is influenced by psychological factors. And really the fundamental premise is that our beer experiences are influenced by forces that are invisible, like how we feel inside, so intrapersonal, or a how we enjoy the beer with other people, so interpersonal and other factors like a social influences and environmental influences. So the temperature will influence how we would perceive sweetness and bitterness. Depending on the person that you are interacting with, you may have an emotional reaction to that person that may also influence the way we enjoy or do not enjoy the beer. And those are some of the things that I explore as a beer psychologist. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. Do you personally have a specific time that you enjoy beer the most, do you think? I think to me, any moment can be paired with a beer and any beer can have a good timing to uh, be paired with. And I think that's the beauty of beer and that's the beauty of psychology. Anyway, are you ready to talk about your fridge? Sure. Okay, so what was the most recent beer that you drank? So I have three beer fridges. (laughs) I have a kegerator uh, called a keg beer. I have a beer 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 fridge that is an everyday uh, beer. And I also have a beer cellar, quote unquote, that has a bottle aged uh, beer. Yeah. And the freshest one that I always enjoy is right from the tap. So currently I have Slice of Heaven, which is a Hefeweizen from this local brewery uh, here in Albuquerque called La Cumbre Brewing. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's one of the go-to that I have because Hefeweizen is a really good beer to enjoy as is. What was the most recent beer that impressed you? What beer had a wow factor? So the one that I enjoyed was Black is Beautiful by Steel Vendor. And Steelbender is a brewery right outside of Albuquerque. There's a village called Los Lanchos de Albuquerque. And it is a international collaboration beer that um, benefits especially Black people or a non-profit organization that focuses on racial inequity issues. And this one, the proceed went to New Mexico Black Leadership Council. Are you familiar with Black is Beautiful uh, initiative? I would like you to tell me some more. It sounds like it is in relationship to the Black Lives Matter movement that we've all been experiencing. Right. So based on Black is uh, 
Well, Black Lives Matter movement, Bury in Texas actually initiated it. So okay. how it works is that you would participate, you would use the recipe or a use a version of the recipe, Black is Beautiful, and they would brew them and then the proceed will go to a local nonprofit organization that really focuses on addressing racial inequity issue in the community. And what about the flavor of the beer? Tell me a little bit about that. So this one was an imperial stout and it really finished smoothly instead of finishing it really dry. Uh, so yeah. to my personal taste, I really like a imperial stout that really is a sipper and made me feel like I would like to sit by the fire uh, just to really yeah. enjoy. Nice. Currently, it's not cold enough to start a fire, uh, but... It made me think of that time to just relax. Okay, so then the beer psychology comes in. It takes you back. Right. And finally, is is there a beer that you always go back to? Do you have a beer that has a specific emotion attached to or any nostalgic memory? Certainly. I think I mentioned that to you that um, my research uh, with Brasilei Cantillon is the reason why I became a beer scholar, um, beer enthusiast. And for that reason, anything from Cantium, but especially Mamouche, oh, yeah. is something that I always want to go back to and really make me think of my journey earlier this year. Uh, my uh, stash is running low. <laughs> ah, yes, that's always uh, worrying. Have you have you visited their brewery? Yes. Ah, nice. I'm yet to go. I, it's on my to-do list. I'm yet to go yet, though. Okay, so, well, thank you very much for talking to me. That was great. Thank you so much. All right, great. And a special thanks to Asa. If you want to find out more about Asa and her work, as well as her beers, you can head to the show notes. Remember, you can get in contact with me via the address radio at udipus.com. But for now, let's get back into it with James and Sander. I think maybe uh, now is a good opportunity to try one of your beers. Oh, fantastic. I, I brought two that I'm actually um, having this week, uh, this Saturday, Okay. at uh, Painting Beer. The oh, Rosa, shit, the Rosa yeah. Tinker, yeah. yeah. It's back after four or five years on hiatus. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, an amazing event. Are these a couple of the beers that we can expect yes. on Saturday? Yes. This is, uh, this is my James Brown Ale, and I actually uh, I oaked it with a little bit of bourbon. Okay. And, um, and oak chips. Oak chips. Yeah. And then what I did was I put some bourbon in the oak chips in the glass, right. glass jar. Yeah. Let that sit for like a month or two. Yeah. And then I infused that liquor into the actual uh, the keg. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what it is right now. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. I've had it so many times, but also yeah. I think you, well, you've changed the recipe. Also, I've right? changed the recipe the... multiple times just to get more bang out of my buck for it, basically. Yeah. But uh, like I said, this year is 11 years I've been brewing. So last year I wanted to do something special. So I was playing around with this recipe, but I ended up making just a, a big beer. And then I made a small beer from that and then got to sit on the big beer and age it for a bit. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of years time. Mm. Did you uh, change a lot of your uh, setup or once you started doing all grain yeah. brews, did yeah. it develop a lot or your process or setup even? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I initially, uh, when I was doing partial mashing, I was just, you know, crashing grains and then putting them into a, a straining sack yeah. and then, you know, making tea out of that basically right. and then adding uh, hops at different points and then topping up with so much of the uh, water. Yeah, And then... Um, 
I took that step and then another partial mash and I started mashing a little bit more grains in a mash tun. So I built a manifold out of uh, carpet tubing and soldered, uh, iron soldered it yeah. together and uh, sat there one evening just, you know, uh, cutting holes, little yeah. slits into it. And Been there. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the labor of love. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's, uh, it's fantastic. So, yeah. And uh, basically, so at some point, I started showing a friend of mine how to brew, brew Tesla. And uh, he started going kind of a little bit up this chain a little bit faster than I did at the time. Because, you know, okay. just, I felt that there was, at the time, like I said, there was nobody I knew. So okay. I kind of was a little bit stagnant with my development. So I was helping him out. And that's why he was moving a little bit faster. And I'm like, wow, you know, why am I not taking that step? And all of a sudden it was like, yeah. And I just took the step to f- go full all grain. Okay, okay, and okay. Um, yeah, that basically saved me a lot of cash, <laughs> yeah. you know. But this it takes more space also because you're buying now and time. Yeah, and time. Wait, so yeah. what what would you be doing before that? Excuse my ignorance. What are you, you get the like bulk a- of the fermentable sugars from extract. Okay. So instead of having uh, pilsner malt as the base grain, yeah. uh, you use malt extract for that, and then you can only steep the specialty grains or uh, the the car uh, caramel gra- uh, grains or roasted grains or right uh, and then we did it a couple times at home also when we had our our kit was an all grain brew kit very simple also with a copper manifold and blah blah, blah. but i did some partial mesh brews also uh, just in a uh, just a pan, you know, a soup uh, pan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, five or eight liters and steep some specialty grains, chucked in some malt extract, boiled it. And then you can select all your hops. You can select your yeast, but only the exactly. the base uh, sugars, the, the bulk of the fermentable sugars you add through uh, malt extract instead of... Uh. Uh, base malt yeah, exactly you're getting more you're and then the you get your liquid malt extract and you also yeah. your, your dme your dry malt extract yeah but you don't have to mash and lather and uh basically start with steeping and boiling but it saves a couple of hours and yeah. also it can save a lot of frustration and yeah. i this is a piece of advice that i give to every homebrewer start like that yes, you know keep yes, it simple yes. learn what fermentation yes. means learn what cleaning, all the ingredients cleaning 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 yeah. cleaning i mean that that was the one thing <laughs> try to cut you off but that was for me in that time period when I was only doing the Cooper's kits I learned how to clean yeah. so it was like it was like sanitation 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 it was like almost like breathing you know it was like the whole new process was fun but I was like oh my god I'm cleaning everything it was like yeah because I was so used to keeping everything clean yeah yeah it's funny that you mentioned that this is obviously this is uh, the James Brown nail but it was influenced a little bit by Newcastle Brown yeah. Well, it was, which, yeah, that was like the the grandfather idea of like, how can I yeah. <laughs> going to change this around? But when you started brewing, was there a, obviously coming from the US, was there a particular style that you, that inspired you, be it Dutch, American, or just, or English, I guess? Yeah, uh, leaning more towards England. Oh, yeah. And Belgian, you know, um, some Belgian beers uh, that we did find in the States. Not too many, come to think of it. Um, but I was a big fan of uh, darker, heavier beers. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking something that would influence me. Yeah, this, this is stage. really like, because like little or low carbonation. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> like a, a mild or. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Right. Yeah. But it's still like 6%. So it's definitely okay, it's not that mild. mild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. delicious, though, right? Thank Quite you. sweet. Thank you. Caramel. Uh, yeah, you get also that, uh, I think, a little bit of that vanilla from the bourbon in the, in, in the, the wood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. 
Um, yeah, you also have uh, more than one love in your life and passion in your life, which is close to you. And that's uh, it's a close relative to the hot plant, yeah. you say. Yeah. That's marijuana. <laughs> yeah, cannabis. <laughs> Do you believe that beer and weed uh, mix well together? Or is it best to keep the two separate? <laughs> uh, you mean like consuming and, and well, just in general? Or have you have you tried to make a beer with weed? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did a uh, last last was last year. The Homebrew Festival. Yeah, Homebrew yeah. Festival. I think it was last was year. Was that the, the last edition? Yeah, exactly. Two thousand nineteen. Yeah. yeah, that when it was on actual four twenty. Yeah, uh, it's rude not to. <laughs> it was. Uh, I was super happy because there was actually a four twenty festival here in North by my house. So I was super pumped to, to hang out. It was like, I'm just, you know, hang out the whole day, have a great day, good weather. And then all of a sudden I was talking to my missus about it. And she goes, yeah, but you have the festival that day. And I was like, no. So yeah, I ended up uh, brewing just, I think it was like a pale ale, I think it was. Or low hopped, or maybe like a blonde even, which I find is a nice basis to experiment and express different flavors. And then I ended up putting, I think, like 60 grams of some blueberry kush in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept it in the keg with, um, I think, maybe like another 20 grams of like Centennial or something hops. Yeah, it was a, that, sort of that was the first keg to kick, bro. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. sort of flavors would, uh, would you get from blueberry kush? What? Cushy, you know, yeah. it's in the blueberry also. And uh, I mean, like I said, you know, hops are related to cannabis. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, uh, I was a little bit, not necessarily nervous, but I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go about this. I never tried it before. Mm. And uh, the first thing that people were also asking me at the time, they're like, am I going to get stoned from this? I'm like, no, because it's not been heated up. You know, it's just, yeah. you're only extracting the aromas. And um, I must admit, I did meet one guy there and he was like, uh, yeah, I haven't smoked in like 20 years. I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry, but you're not getting stoned from me. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, the smell of this beer reminds me of the first time I walked in the coffee shop. And he had like this ear-to-ear grin on his face. And I was like, <laughs> did my job. Nice. <laughs> what would gushy mean? Uh, kush is... Um, it's a variety. It's a variety. Right? It's a strain. Yeah. It's, yeah. More, it's more uh, indica-related, so it's more stony, where you got sativas and hazes, which are more high. Yeah. So, uh, you know... But in terms of flavor? Um... Hmm, that's a good question. Um, or I, I would, say, I would say more earthy. Flavors, yeah, yeah, I would yeah? say more earthy. You know, yeah. more earthy, almost like a noble hops. Okay. You know? oh, yeah. Well, not necessarily, not all noble hops are spice, uh, uh, um, earthy. Yeah, you got EKG, which is kind of uh, yeah. earthy, but then you'll have spicy hops also. Sure. So same thing, um, yeah, it would be a little bit more, um, not a sharp flavor. Okay. You know? I... Uh, I remember it to be super potent, yeah. but also really dank, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. more uh, newer uh, American aroma varieties. I yeah. know Citrus Simcoe, uh, right, right, right. can be like really dank yeah. and uh, yeah, weed like. <laughs> dank <laughs> weed. Never heard these terms used yeah. for explaining beer. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah, I find it also difficult to describe. But I remember yeah. also, back in the day, you probably also know Ron Schuitema, who also worked at a coffee shop. Have you met him? Maybe if I see him. Uh, he also worked in a coffee shop. And he was always... Yeah, uh, when we drank IPAs, he was also a massive hop head. Yeah, and yeah. Um, 
Yeah, also, oh, yeah, we, we spoke about... Did he get over to Dumkering, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we spoke about doing a, a hop and, and weed uh, pairing session, yeah. you know, because we were also talking about lemony, yeah, peppery yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, aspects yeah. of, of marijuana. You do get all those things from cannabis. Yeah. As the same way you get them also from, from hops, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why that was a little bit the push for me was like, maybe it will work. You know, my, my main concern was like, people like, am I going to get stoned? And it was like, no, you're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the beer was good. Or I, I remember it to yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, I remember you coming over laughing. You were like, <laughs> I love it, uh, but, but they can't let you win with this beer. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, great. I was like, it's all good, bro. I'm having a great time. <laughs> oh, man, it was any, great. Any uh, home growing successes, like your home brewing? Home growing. Yes. Uh, weed. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I went down that venture maybe oof, 10, 12 years, 13 years ago, just because I could. I lived on the fourth floor of, of this this building here north. Uh, no trees, uh, out of the wind. The sun came around the, the apartment like around one-ish, and then you had it until setting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, let me just give it a whack. And I grew these uh, four plants. I think I the harvest two and the other three just sat there and died. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you grow hops, right? I do grow hops. Yeah. I do grow hops, yeah. I grow Centennial and Cascade hops for uh, my moose town, yeah. my garden for the last uh, nine years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the plan with them? What beer are you making? Um, generally, this time of the year, I'll do like a fresh hop beer. Um, cause I get an abundance of hops cause they've been in the ground for that long. I was up there just this Saturday plucking some, like I maybe like a kilo and I'll end up putting that into a keg, uh, just as kind of like a fresh hopped, uh, pale ale. Ah, right. Nice. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. And you mentioned it earlier, but, uh, well, when this podcast goes out, it will actually be the 25th, but Saturday, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, is it yeah, Saturday right there, 26th, yeah. Fantastic. you'll participate in at the event at the, the Rose Tanker, Paint yeah. and Beer. Yeah. What else can we expect apart from uh, delicious beer. uh, beers brewed by you? Uh, yeah, delicious beers and uh, painted beer is an amazing event. Uh, the guy who runs it, it's Sid, the home brewer, head brewer of um, of Villa Freakins. Oh, Freakins. Freak, Freakins by Rana, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Freakins by Rana. He uh, invited me years ago to come and I holiday, couldn't make it, this and the other. Coming from New York, I love street art. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people it was nothing like, you know, going to school and it's, you know, minus three degrees, you know, Celsius, it's snowing, you're just miserable. And you look up at the L's going by and, you know, someone just bombed two cars, you know, and it's like windows, just like paint still like dripping. You're like, whoa. So mm-hmm. it just, you know, it was a nice little brightener of your day. Yeah. So he told me about this and I was like, yeah, y'all yeah, come, but I could never make it. And then eventually I did make it and I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, it's just these guys are putting up amazing pieces in like you know, five or ten minutes because they're scared of the cops are going to get them. But imagine an environment where there's no cops. Yeah. And they can like literally sit there and they talk to you about whatever. And then all of a sudden they get inspired and they go, hold on one second. They go, you know, one little line. And then they come back and they have a hit up their joint or drink their beer, talk to you a little bit more. And they're like, you know, 20 minutes later, one second. And then all of a sudden, you know, five or six hours later, it's like this amazing piece. No, it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, there is a big graffiti scene here in Amsterdam, actually, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, With, there is. Because there's just so many uh, free spots, I guess, and because yeah. of its art heritage. But yeah, nice one. I think uh, we'll move on and do the quiz. I have the quiz for you, Sander, here. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like Ooh. every week... You got a pen, or do you need? Got something here. Ah, there's one there anyway. Okay, so every week uh, I design a quiz. 
Okay. And uh, I make it, so, uh, so it's late, so don't worry about it. Uh, so this one is themed every week. Sorry, yeah, I should have said that. Every week it's themed around our guest. Okay. So um, for yours, it is basically, I'm going to name something, and I will give that certain thing a name, and you have to decide whether it's beer-related, whether it's weed-related, okay. or it's not related to any of those things. Okay, cool. So it's beer, weed, or basically fantastical. Okay. Okay? So here we go. Ten questions. Number one, snake venom. Is that a beer? Is it weed? Or is it completely fantastical? I'm going to say fantastical. Incorrect. Oh, no. That is a beer. Brewmeister okay. calls this the, the beer that is the strongest ABV in the world at 67.5%. That's not beer anymore. <laughs> but okay, I'll take it. It's a one-way ticket to the hospital, right. it sounds like. Okay, number two, Space Cadet. Is it beer, is it weed, or is it fantastical? Definitely weed. I've heard a weed train called Space Cadet. Well, that might be true, but <laughs> this is incorrect. <laughs> no, inc- well, it's fantastical. Okay. Space Cadet is a slang term in, in the UK for someone who's out of touch re- with reality. Because they're stoned, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, cherry pie. Um, beer, weed, or fantastical? Fantastical. <laughs> Okay, incorrect. This is a slow start from right. James Bruce. That's weed, sometimes known as Cherry Kush, is a popular and potent indica leaning hybrid. Right. Totally lifted that off the internet because I am not a weed smoker. <laughs> okay, uh, number four, spirulina. Is that a beer, weed, or fantastical? Spirulina. I used to put it in my shakes years ago, but uh, yeah, fantastical, I would say. <laughs> That's a beer. This one's a bit of a, a confusing one because yeah. it is a plant, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like a blue powder. I just put in my shakes. In the morning. Yeah. So Free Trail Brewing Co. of San Antonio, it's, uh, San Antonio in Texas, made a, a blue-green algae to make a, a yeah. rye beer. Yeah, okay. It's it turned half green. Point, half a point. Yeah. Oh, okay. the name of the... Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. It is a confusing <laughs> thing. Uh, okay. Question number five. You've been very kind on the half no, points. Thanks, I would just... Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's punishment to me. Question number five. Orange Goblin. Is that beer, weed, or fantastical? Beer. Incorrect. <laughs> That's completely fantastical. Orange Goblin are actually a, a heavy metal band from London. That's okay. where I got that I, name I, I from. I was actually thinking Hobgoblin. The, oh, the yeah, English beers yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Weckards? You know, that's a sweet kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, ale, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number six. Gandhi Bot. Oof. Is that a beer? Is it a weed? Or is it fantastical? Gandhi bot. I'm going to have to go with beer, I'm assuming. <laughs> He's off the mark. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was a beer by uh, New England Bruco. And it was a beer that actually had to change its name because they received some complaints about the name. Oh, about Gandhi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, From the okay. Indian American community. All right. But yes, it was a poorly named beer name. Uh, number seven, uh, Saturday Morning. Is that a beer reference, a weed reference, or completely... Nothing unrelated. Nothing related. That is actually a beer. I'm, that's the answer I'm looking for anyway. It's an IPA brewed with Lucky Charms. Okay. And they use marshmallows. And here's the quote from the brewery. It's meant to remind drinkers of Saturday morning spent planted in front of the TV, downing a bowl of cereal while watching cartoons. See, I wasn't allowed to eat that when I was a kid, so I don't know yeah. what he's talking about. When explaining that, I thought it was perfectly paired <laughs> with a spliff, actually, All like right. eating a bowl of Lucky Charms. Uh, number eight, Sweet sweet Tooth. Is that a weed That's reference? definitely a weed. 
Correct. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's definitely. Sweet Tooth is an Indica. <laughs> like I knew that one. <laughs> Apparently first place at the 2001 High Times yeah, Cannabis I Cup. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> what I can remember. Uh, you go there every year? Yeah, well, it's, it's been, they canceled it maybe um, four or five years ago. It hasn't been back in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember it, all these Lagunitas guys coming yeah, over to the yeah. Beer Temple yeah. when the Cannabis Cup was happening. Oh, yeah? Yeah, unfortunately, they stopped it. And then uh, now the, the way it is in the States now with cannabis. Okay. Yeah, it's, nobody's traveling. Yeah. yeah. The way it is in the States now. Yeah, yeah it's blown course. up yeah. over there. So people are like, yeah, they'll just save their money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, makes sense. Uh, number nine. Ghostface Killer, is that a reference to a beer, weed, or completely fantastical? You know, um, I almost want to say, too, I've, I, I have seen a weed called Ghostface Killer, but I, I'm almost positive it's also a beer also. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's... Uh, you can pick one. Andrew. Okay, I'm going to say, I know for a fact that I've seen it as a weed. Yeah, I... I Go with the beer. <laughs> It is. It is a beer. I mean, yeah. Sander can be the choice on points there, yeah, but I also good, remember. Yeah. I would be extremely yeah, yeah. surprised if there wasn't a ghost face killer uh, weed. But yeah. the the answer I was looking for was beer, beer and it okay. was a basically a super spicy beer made by Twisted Pine Brewing Co. Okay. And they used a shitload of different chilies okay. and uh, made a wheat beer from it. All right, wheat uh, beer and chilies. Yeah, How'd that turn out. Think what you want, might right. about it. All right. Uh, and question number 10, this is the last question, is four-way. Is this a reference to beer, weed, or completely fantastical? <laughs> I'm going to have to go beer here. Incorrect. It's weed. <laughs> and it's apparently it's one of the most pungent strains of all time. It's an indica. Indica mm-hmm. Taste is spicy and hashy. All right. I don't know that much about weed myself, but yeah. how did James do? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a tricky quiz. Yeah, there was, was some uh, uncertainty here and yeah. there. And yeah, he knows a lot about weed, and I think all these names they yeah, you know, also, somebody thinks yeah, yeah, of uh, yeah. a, a name for their weed. That's and, what, uh, yeah, that's what for me. A lot of them was just like I, I've seen that strain, I've held that strain in my head. You know, yeah. so but. Yeah. I, I must say I had some struggles writing this, but then the only thing I could get in my head is that like there are so many stupid beer names and also so many stupid weed strain yeah, names. Exactly. So I was like, stupid names. <laughs> no, <laughs> stupid no, no, names. stupid. I was like, there's so many. They keep getting more and more ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, so I was like, yeah. this is the only thing I could get my hand around. And this, so yeah. this is what we ended up with. Three points. Woo! Yes. Three All right. So not boring. not on the bottom. On the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Right between Abel and Matthias, Betty Morgan. Yeah. yeah, you're in good go company, guys. so don't yeah, worry yeah, about people. it. No, you're in good company. But uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Great quiz, fantastic. Yeah, you've beat him hard, man. Yeah, I, I always, I always take. Uh, I see Art and Paul are up there at number eight, bro. Oh, who's yeah. at number ten? Yeah, Rick Kemper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rick Kemper. Uh, oh, okay. Jan, Jan, and Elaine are also up there with eight. eight. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so this is the seven and a half. This is the upper escalons of, uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> of the Amsterdam beer scene. <laughs> uh, fantastic. But yeah, uh, just to cap off, mm-hmm. pleasure. This thanks. was awesome. I yeah, really thanks for the fun. invitation. It was a good time. No worries. Yeah. 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 So thanks. And thanks to you, Sander. Yeah. Nice one. All right. Yeah, good one. Ciao. Awesome. Bye, guys. Muzzle. And that's it for another episode of the Radio Oedipus podcast. A very special thank you for tuning in. It was a pleasure having James and Sander join me in the studio. If you're listening to this on the Friday release, James is participating at an event at the Rose Tanker in Norderpark in Amsterdam. 
go check out his tasty brews if you can you can find all episodes of the show on our website which is udipus.com forward slash radio and by searching Radio Udipus on your podcast app if you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts please make sure to like and subscribe to keep up to date as always the music used on today's show is written and composed by Ola iMusic and you can tune in next time for more explorations into the culture of beer.